and we are recording in progress recording with miss janet sanders on monday march 13th 2023 at 4 11 p.m eastern time and as always guys if you want to support the podcast click the little red button locals you can go join for like a couple bucks a month get exclusive stuff all that good stuff miss sanders and i were just talking about as i've been saying on the last couple of shows the panic attack I had on Friday and you were talking about how y'all had panic attacks after you were kidnapped and through the conversation you asked me how long have these been happening um I lost my older brother to suicide in 2014 and I've had about one panic attack a year since then but I don't know what this one on Friday was it was just it was something from a completely different dimension and it was just absolutely horrifying and i'm i'm gonna go see a doctor i'm normally when these happen i'm like i'm gonna see a doctor and then you know a couple days go by and you just go about your life like yeah whatever it's not gonna happen again no i'm 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 gonna follow up this was not this was not good i can't i can't do this again but for all the people who are very confused about what we're talking about Ms. sanders could you please introduce yourself real quick and and tell them why you're here yeah my name is janet sanders and i was one of the lucky ones to escape a mexican kidnapping And so hopefully we're going to have a lot to talk about. Um, And I'm only going to say one thing on that because you brought something up. So first of all, I'm very, very sorry. Living through a suicide is one of the worst things you can ever do. My first husband committed suicide. Thank you. We have a lot in common, you and I. We do. We do. I haven't been been kidnapped yet, and I don't want to check that box. We're not going to let him kidnap you after what I tell you. So, um, So what's triggering you, I think, is going back to that suicide. And until you unwrap that, this might go on. But as long as you unwrap that, you could probably get rid of this. Yeah. The mind is an amazing thing. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think I've unwrapped most of it. I did several years of therapy and the persistent everyday anxiety has gone away. But sometimes I still just get hit by just like a rogue. It's like if you ever like had to clean up glitter or something. You clean up most of it, but years later, you might still find a piece of it or something. You know, your dog might have died 10 years ago, but you'll still find, like, hair shedding. And you're like, how did I miss this? That's that's kind of the only way I can explain these panic attacks is, like, it's been almost nine years since my brother passed. Like, done therapy. I've completely changed my life. And la-di-da-di-da, just going along. Podcast is going great. Got a cool apartment. You know, staying healthy, staying fit, single. Like, life couldn't be better. I'm 32, you know, not, not a care in the world. I'm my own boss. And then wham, you just get hit yeah. by one. And, and it's like getting sucker punched in the back of the head. You, you just come to afterwards and you're like, what was that? Like, what was that bullshit? Like, <laughs> I didn't ask for that. Like, <laughs> um, now, did you go through PTSD after your brother passed? I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, I think we, I think I'm hesitant to say that because I interview so many combat veterans that I think what they went through is absolutely unrelatable to anything I could ever go through. I think we had, me and my siblings had probably some form of trauma. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think anything more or less than surviving a suicide would give you. Well, it's not the easiest thing and you belong to a, uh, a very unique club, but you know something having lived through that it made you the storyteller that's probably why you're so good at a podcast you come you come at stories with a level of empathy most people can't even imagine and you appreciate life in a way most people can't even dream of and it is it is i think humbling to have these because it kind of you know you hear the saying be kind to everyone you meet for everyone's facing an uphill battle or something 
and then you feel it in your bones after something like this where you go, oh, I really, it's not just a nice Hallmark saying. You really, like the person at the front desk in the apartment, the guy delivering food, the, you know, the person at the gym checking you, every, everyone, every single person is facing some sort of shit storm that you know nothing about. And I, you know, in that sense, it is humbling and probably beneficial. Welcome to the world of empathy. <laughs> so can we kind of get into your entire story just for my audience and for everyone tuning in right now? Yeah, let's jump into, you know, it's really kind of timely with everything that just happened down in Matamoros. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so, and I, I've actually been through Matamoros a time or two. So we'll talk about Matamoros. Let me tell you a little bit about how I ended up down in Mexico. And then we'll we'll swing back to what's going on there now. And then let's see if we can take some of my experience and turn it very positive. Because okay. I find the best way to deal with trauma is to turn it to something good. Absolutely. So first of all, thank you. Yes, ma'am. I am. If you'd ever told me that a kid like you would ever want to hear this story, I would have never believed it. So I'm I'm humbled and thanks. And hello to your entire audience. It's nice to be here. Um, So several years ago, about seven, eight years ago, I had, like we just mentioned, I lived through a suicide. And picking up the pieces, I built a little company and my little company seemed to take off. It's amazing what happens when you go to work every day. So I'd worked and worked and worked and put the kids through school. And it was finally, as I called it, mama's time. So I'd always wanted to live on the beach. And my husband now has got dual citizenship. So we started looking all over the world, right? And we kept coming back to the Yucatan, Mexico. It was close to the United States. I could get in and out for business. And the Yucatan had been advertised as the safest place in the entire world for expats to go to. So I studied this area of the world for a year. And I looked at properties, looked at properties, and I finally found this man. His name was Adam Kowalski, and he was an American. So now I'm feeling better about it. And he tells me that he'll rent us a house so we can come down and and check out the area and decide what we want to do. So we write a lease and we pay Adam Kowalski. And he tells us, And I should have thought this was strange at the time, but he tells us he doesn't want us to deal with anybody but him. His wife, he tells us, is crazy. I think going through a divorce, she's crazy. Don't speak to my wife, only deal with me. So I'm just thinking they're in the middle of an acrimonious divorce and we'll just deal with him. So we move in and, or we get there and the house wasn't quite what he said it was. I mean, it's amazing how they put pictures, but it was right on the beach and it was real close to the town that we wanted to build in. So Joe and I just looked at each other, rolled up our sleeves and let's just said, go to work. So we started making the place habitable and we put in air conditioning, we put in communications, we put in um, lights and plumbing, things like that. So you could live there and things were going along. Well, Adam saw the money we were putting into the place and investing because we had bought two other properties down the beach. Nothing in Mexico happens quick. You need a base to work out of while you're building. So this was going to be our base while we were building. So we started looking for property and we're going back and forth to the United States and we're coming down, we're storing everything on this property. And Adam starts borrowing money from us. Right. And I felt so bad for the guy, you know, he's down here in Mexico and he's broke and he's got a couple kids. We're loaning him money. And our lease came up for renewal. And I said, Adam, would it make your life easier if we just start paying you a year's rent in advance? 
I, I was trying to get out of the position being the guy's bank. Um, I didn't really trust him. I thought there was something a little off about him, but I didn't want to be the bank. So we wrote a new lease. We'll pay him a year in advance. So we pay him the year in advance. And our last year, we paid him in March and we were our rent was due in April. So we're good for a whole year up until April of 2022. And by that time, we're ready to move all of our stuff into our house, right? Because we were building down there. So we're really amping it up. We're moving vehicles down, um, all of our infrastructure, our building materials, everything is going to this property. And it's a rather large property. It's about the length of a football field. Rather large property with two casitas on it. What is, so what's a casita? um, we're plugging along. We don't even know there's a problem. Well, you and said that has two what on it? Uh, they're called casitas. So a small house in Mexico. Gotcha. It's, a casa. it's a casita, okay. right? So there's two little casitas on the property. One casita we use for storage, and I had an office over there. The other casita we were living in. So you can imagine our surprise. We're thinking everything's fine. We paid our rent a year in advance. There's no problem. His wife shows up one day, and she shows up with a lawyer and 20 men. She walks onto the property with her lawyer, and they say, you guys got to get out of here. Excuse me? Her name's Gabriella Cornelio. And she was an architect. I thought this couple was legit. So she's Mexican. He's American. He has um, Casa Yucatan Construction, and she has Merida Architects. And we're thinking this is a legit couple. This woman shows up at the property with her lawyer, Marco Maya, and, and these guys. And she says, I have no idea who you people are. Get off my property. Excuse me? Gabriella, we've met. You have been to my house. You have drank wine with me. You have told me how your husband won't pay you any child support. You and I know each other. I have text messages between you and I. She's still swearing she doesn't know us and that we're squatters and everything on the property is hers. Well, now we're starting to see these people are trying to steal everything from us. They don't want us to move out with our stuff. Well, the police get called and the lawyer steps up and he's got his paperwork saying that we're squatters. And she tells the police that we've only been there for 30 days. We'd been there for five years, Jeez. right? For 30 days. So the cops start looking around and they can see everything that we've done. And they see out and they're even talking to themselves. This couldn't have all been done in 30 days. So my husband says to her, so we get out the lease and we get out the payments to show the police. And um, we show the lease signed by Adam Kowalski and they show it to her. She says, I don't know this man. She said she didn't know her husband. And my husband steps up and in front of these police, he says to her in Spanish, he says, Gabriella, you have two children with this man. She says, I could have children with street dogs for all you know. And this, I'm just watching this. I have never seen anything this crazy in my life. My husband says to Gabrielle, if you don't know Adam Kowalski, how come the, all these guys that you brought with you work for him? Well, the cops hear that and they're putting it to, and they realize we're getting scammed. This is a Mexican scam going down and they saw it. So they tell them, you guys have to leave. We're not kicking these people out of here. They have rent payments. They have a lease. Their lease isn't up. You have to go. Well, as they're escorting them off the property and this took 12, 13 hours going back and forth, this brawl out in our yard, right? And the cops finally take them off. 
and her lawyer is screaming at the top of his lungs. You have no idea who my father is. You have no idea who my father is. We had no idea who his father is, right? I don't know who his father was. Yeah. So um, they get off the property and we're told by the police, you need to hire lawyers, right? Okay, so we go and we hire lawyers. So the lawyers say, this is really illegal in Mexico. They tried to scam you. Right. If she had been able to, because when she showed up, she had the deed to the property and her name was the only name on the deed. Right. So she says, this is a, a common scam where one of them will lease you the property, take the money, and then they come and steal everything from you. Right. Before you can move out. So that's exactly what we got caught in the middle of. I so, so we asked, well, what do we do? Well, the first thing you have need is an order of protection. So we paid, went down to the their version of the attorney general got an order of protection. Then the lawyers filed civil and criminal lawsuits against both of them, not only for defrauding us, but when she came on the property, she did about $25,000 worth of damage by ripping everything out, right? So we filed a lawsuit. Cops are stopping by every day. Everybody's telling us, you guys are safe. If there's any problem, you call the police, they're right up the road. Well, there's two sets of police in Mexico. You have your state police, right? Which is the top police. And then you have the little local police. Well, it was all the little local police who were stopping in and checking in on us. But the state police have jurisdiction over the local police. So we think everything's fine. We'd have actually even planned. I said, I told Joe, I said, let's get out before the lease is up, right? We don't trust these people. Let's just get out before the lease is up. So we had already started working, putting everything together and they came back. But this time when they came back, they came back with cartel. They came back with 40 guys. And these weren't like the 20 guys they brought before. You have to did, have you seen the video on the website yet? No. When you get a chance, go to mexinoinfo.com. Go look at what attacked my house. They came at us with claw hammers and machetes Jesus. and guns. They came from the back of the house. They came from the front of the house. So it was Joe, my husband, myself, and we had two guys working with us, Juan Carlos. His story is amazing. That's a whole nother story. Juan Carlos and Armando. Well, Juan Carlos was up at the front of the house when these thugs started coming down. Well, they chased them all the way down to the back as the thugs are coming up from the back. Well, the thugs from the back say, you know, who are you? And he says, well, I'm with them. And they didn't quite know because they put together this band. They call them chokes, right? Where they just get all these cartel thugs together and their whole purpose is to murder and torture and kill that's all they do so juan carlos threw himself over the fence that we had right next to us was just a field with brush 10 12 feet deep juan carlos threw himself over the attack started on us joe and and Joe and um, Armando and I run out of the house. We saw them coming from both sides. And then they started throwing everything they could at us, rocks and bottles. And we ran back into the house, boarded up the door. Um, and then I started videotaping them. Call the cops, call the cops. So we're videotaping them. You guys help us, somebody get here. We call the police. Um, the attack is still coming. Right? We've got everything boarded up. We've only got part of our animals in. All right, we couldn't get all the animals in. So um, I'm going to take a breath here because I promise not to cry when I talk to you. Um, they started murdering our animals. Um, they destroyed or burned everything they could get their hands on. We spent the night, 
The whole field next to us filled up with lights as they were hunting for Juan Carlos. They were going to kill him in front of us if they caught him. And this is all part of the torture. We had barricaded ourselves in the house. About an hour after we got barricaded in, our lawyers had abandoned us. All right? We think they got paid off too. So the lawyers didn't show up, the police didn't show up, and then one of the kids from town, because the townspeople were starting to show up at the front gate. One of the, All we had were our cell phones. We have no air, we have no water, we have no communication. They've cut off everything. We're holed up in this little tiny casita, right? One of the kids from town calls us up and says, they're going to kill you. He says, the cops are here with them. They won't let us in. So the Yucatan State Police led by Saiden Ojeda and Marco Maya Lopez. I just found out who Marco Maya's dad was. He was the number two commandante at the Yucatan State Police. Mm. So they were holding the locals back and the locals just kept coming and kept coming and the attacks kept coming in waves. So after the first wave and literally all we could do in the first wave was hide. We barricaded ourselves and covered ourselves up because things were shattering and breaking and the noise was ungodly. And then we caught our breath. When they backed off, we sat down and we prayed. We prayed in Spanish and prayed in English, right? And then we talked, said, can we kill somebody? These people are going to kill us. Can we kill them? I never had to even think about killing another human being, right? I mean, when you think about actually taking somebody's life with your own hands, you know, and you're in that moment, it's, you know, part of me was like, no, just let them kill us. I, I don't know if I want to kill somebody. But then we finally decided after we talked about it, okay, if, if we have to fight, let's, let's kill them, right? So then the next talk we had is how do we take them on? There's 40 of them, right? There's, there's three of us. How do we take this on? So do you remember the story about the Battle of Thermopylae, mm -hmm. 300? And you remember how 300 Spartans took on 40,000 Persians by funneling them through a little um, canyon? Well, the narrowest part of our house was a stairwell, came up one way and up this way. But they could only fit two of them up a time. So we said, okay, we're going to hide out upstairs. If they got to get to us, they're going to have to come up the stairs because we can take them on two at a time. We can't take them on 40 at a time. Then the next thing, I, then we started Googling with a little bit of battery we had left. Um, how do you make weapons out of ordinary household items? So the first thing we started doing was we started making Molotov cocktails. We had that kerosene fluid from, um, from the tiki torches. So we started taking bottles, making kerosene um, Molotov cocktails. Then we got all the raid cans in the house. Mexico, you need raid. Yeah. So we had a bunch of raid cans. Now we had blow torches. Then we got every knife out of the kitchen. We got everything heavy. So any big vases, our hand weights, um, computer towers, anything that had weight, we got that all together. Then I went downstairs and I got all the oil in the house and I covered the downstairs floor with oil. And then I covered the stairs with oil and bleach and shampoo. We had to give ourselves any kind of fighting chance that we could. And then we waited. We barricaded ourselves in and we waited. Now, by this time, there's more and more townspeople getting up at the front. Like half the, I lived outside this little tiny fishing village called Telchec Puerto. It's a 2,000-year-old Mayan fishing village. Most of the ding, almost the entire dang town was in front of our house. And they're all trying to get in because most of them know us. We had friends there. 
and they're calling us and they're freaking out because the cops are out there and the chokes are getting worried because the sun's starting to come up and it's only a matter of time before the local police get there and push their way through and the thing is really getting escalated and we can see them i mean they carried everything out of the house they i we watched them carrying out a freezer full of meat they emptied the bar every light in the property they took off there's even one video on um on the Mexico info site, they're walking out of the casita with salt and pepper in their hands. I mean, anything they could steal, they stole. Anything they could kill, they killed. And then they realized we were getting up to crunch time and they still hadn't been able to rob us. And we could see them. They were gathering. Oh, guys, are you ready? Guys, are you ready? So Joe's on the phone and he, he, he's he got a, like this broomstick, right? And Armando and I are at the the stairwell and the first two come up and Armando grabs this giant vase and just bam and you should see it just um pottery flying everywhere but they kept coming so we started with the Molotov cocktails and you could hear him screaming fuego fuego and that's when they first started running I told Armando get all the fire out because I we're going to, they don't like fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's get the fire out. So then we got the blow torches and Joe was screaming pretty soon. They figured out they couldn't get up the stairs, right? As soon as they figured they couldn't get us to the stairs, they started crawling up the sides of the house, Jeez. right? Over the balconies. As a matter of fact, I even put pictures of that up. You can see this one guy and they all were all wearing masks, right? I mean, just terrifying. So they're coming over the balcony. Joe has got a broomstick and he's hitting one. He's screaming into the phone. Get up here. They're going to kill us. They're going to kill us. Get in here now. And he's screaming that up to the guys at the front. And this kid from town, his name is Luis. And Luis is young. He's got a big, wide smile, big brown eyes. The kid's one of those kids. He doesn't know how broke he is. His, his family doesn't know how poor they are. They think everybody cooks on stones out in yeah. the front yard, yeah. right? Yeah. He doesn't know how poor he is. He says, we live in the glory. The kid is happy to be in the game. This little boy steps in front of these chokes, in front of these crooked cops, with the press and the townspeople behind him. And this child says to them, you are all demons of Satan. And Jesus Christ is watching everything that you are doing. And I command all of you in the name of Jesus Christ to drop your weapons. And they dropped their weapons. And the town people rushed in. It was like cockroaches all over the building. And you saw them as the townspeople came in. You saw them recede back to the beach and take off running. And we were literally minutes away from being murdered. And they're the ones who got us out. Holy shit. You got goosebumps me telling you this, huh? I, I do. Gotta be honest. Not helping the rippling of the anxiety. <laughs> I'm just listening to it. I'm like, this is no, but it's putting into perspective. Like, Jesus. So let me take you to the next step. Yeah. So you remember how I told you how I studied before we went down there? I studied all the wrong stuff. I was reading the hype that the United States was printing. I hadn't gone to the Mexican press. So I started going to the Mexican press. Want to hear what I found out? Hmm. Buckle up for this, Buttercup. Don't don't come here if you're white. I don't know. Well, the reason why stories like what I just told you, and there's a lot of them, right, never make it up to the United States is because they murder their journalists. There are more journalists murdered in Mexico every single year than every other country combined. Now, let me give you another shocking one. They also kill more Americans than any other country out there. Less than 
of these murders will ever be prosecuted. I wish I could say what we saw in Madame Morris was the exception, not the rule. It's not. There have been over 700 kidnappings in Mexico of Americans in just the last year alone. Kidnapping is a big business. COVID came along and the country spiraled quickly. Their tourism died, people got hungrier. You have this whole influx coming across the border. The cartels and the cops are one and the same and they are recruiting at an all time record. The other thing that's going on with El Chapo being um, detained and arrested here in the United States, you have all these baby cartels popping up everywhere and they're all jockeying for position. Well, the two, they all need money and the two big money makers in Mexico for these cartels, Everybody knows fentanyl is number one. Mm -hmm. Number two is kidnapping. Kidnapping Americans is big business. And if you go to Mexico and you get kidnapped, as I found out, as we were calling the embassy, when we realized that it was the cops and the cartel outside of our door, and we called our embassy, they told us there was nothing that we could do. Good luck. Isn't there, isn't there something called K&R insurance? kidnapping and yeah. ransom well you can get insurance all you want but well no no i know i'm just i'm just trying to i just that popped into my head i don't know where i'd heard that before oh, no you can get insurance for that kind of stuff but why would you want to go on vacation somewhere where you got to get kidnapping insurance yeah i know right you know and that's the thing getting out is going to be just as bad so if you go to the website i put up a story of dustin dustin chapman dustin got hit not too long after i did see they want to get their hands on you it's not just robbing you of everything you own they want you to open up your phone and your computers, and they want you to empty out your bank accounts, right? So if they get their hands on you, what they will do is they will put you on your knees and they will open your computer and they'll start asking you for user IDs and passwords and PIN numbers. And every time you don't give them a correct answer, they will cut off a finger. Jesus. Well, they got a hold of Dustin and they robbed him. Well, they didn't decide to cut off fingers on him. They started chopping him up with a machete. And they thought that they had killed him and they thought that they had cut his Achilles tendon to ensure that he was dead. And then they dumped him in the jungle. And Dustin laid there for three days. And then he finally crawled out. And when he crawled out, he says he doesn't even know how he found the, the strength. But when he crawled out, he was laying on the side of the road and a female cop picked him up. And she bandaged him up on the side of the road. And she put him in her truck and she took him to the airport. She didn't take him to the hospital. She took him to the airport. She told him, get out of this country. It was the police that did this to you. And everything you're hearing coming out of Mexico is just nonsense. You, do you have a question right now? Because I no, can I'm, see it. I'm just, I'm just thinking aloud. How, how do you even deal with a failed state like that? I mean, do you just kind of come back to Fortress America and get away, from, move away from the border? Like what? How do you yeah. even deal with a failed state? Well, first of all, I'm glad you brought up the United States. So I, I, I'm a firm believer everybody should have to travel outside the United States. Everybody. And you should spend a good year or two out. I Don't just go for a vacation. Go and immerse yourself in a culture somewhere around the world. Because you will come back knowing to your core that this is the greatest country on the face of the planet. And she is worth saving. The only ones in Mexico right now who have got weapons are the criminals. The cartels and the cops are one and the same. I am loving watching our elected officials. Have you been catching Dan Crenshaw on Twitter? 
And he's tweeting over to Hector Vasconcelos. Hector used to be, he's the old ambassador to Denmark. Like tweeting your anger at this old Mexican ambassador is going to do any good. I think it's all for show what we're seeing. Of course. Ones are, the ones that our elected officials need to talk to if they want a solution are the cartels. The government officials in Mexico answer to the cartels. And, you know, this is a very simple premise to prove. Let me take you on a little bit of a history jog here. So do you remember Ovidio Guzman, El Chapo's son, being arrested a few months ago? No. You know, 29 people got killed in that arrest. Oh, yes, I think so. So they caught Ovidio Guzman. Biden was coming down to the border. He's going to go to Mexico. So he gets down to El Paso. And do you remember how clean they got El Paso? Well, they didn't clean El Paso up for us. We already know what a nightmare is going on at the, Mex at the Mexican border. They cleaned El Paso up so AMLO, President Obrador, would, could say face with the people. See, look at what I'm doing. I, I, they have nothing on us, right? We're good Mexicans. And then President Biden was going to toddle on into Mexico City, and they were going to hand over Ovidio Guzman. By the way, Ovidio now heads up a uh, cartel called Los Chapitos, right? He doesn't even run the Sinaloa. Another guy named Meyer runs the Sinaloa, and he is nuts, right? So Ovidio's got a cartel called Los Chapitos. We're going to catch him, turn him over to the United States, and see what we're doing to clean up the border. But if you remember what happened, Biden gets to Mexico, and AMLO basically tells him, you're not doing enough, and your people are all drug addicts, and basically deserve what's coming your way. And Biden pushed back a little bit, but if you read between the lines, what you were seeing was AMLO was given a tip of the hat to the cartels. I'm not doing anything to interfere with your business. Mm. And he didn't. And then we never got Ovidio Guzman, did we? Mm. Right? Now, let me really make it good. So I'm going to tie it all together for you. So you saw what happened to Madam Morris, and then the cartels felt bad. And they wrote an apology note and said, here's the guys who did it. Do you believe that for a second? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. What you're seeing, we call this in Mexico, the muchacho hustle. So here's how it works. Oh, the Americans are mad. We're going to kill spring break. Let's give them five guys. All right, my friends, I need five of you to volunteer. We're going to pay each 10,000 pesos, which is more money than they've ever seen. All right, we'll volunteer. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to say you're the bad guys. They're going to lock you up for a couple months. We're going to pay you guys to go to jail for a couple months. We'll take care of your families. And as soon as this blows over, we're going to let you out the back door. Now, ask me where Ovidio Guzman is today. Where's Ovidio Guzman? Ovidio Guzman is El Chapo's son, who was supposed to be extradited to the United States. They let him go three days ago. Ah, of course. Naturally. The muchacho hustle. The muchacho See, we got hustle. him locked up. We're doing our thing. Everybody forgot about it. And Ovidio's back on the streets. So there will never be an arrest in what you saw happen in Mexico. What you did see happen in Mexico wasn't a mistake by the cartel. That was a kidnapping attempt. That was a kidnapping, actually. And nothing that would have ever happened with that but for the fact that that video got out. You would have never seen our politicians jump the way they're jumping, but for the press jumping in on this, right? Um, what was really telling, first of all, these and these thugs don't do anything without the cops and the elected officials knowing. Very simple premise to prove. Did you see the video of them loading the bodies onto the back of the truck? Mm -mm. So they're loading the bodies on. I want you to go and listen again, and you can hear the guys talking. What they're saying in Spanish 
is look how they throw the bodies on the truck like a bunch of pigs. And then they say, and the cops stand by and do nothing, which makes me think there are cops sitting outside mm -hmm. the, the frame, which makes perfectly good sense because anybody who's been to Madame Morris, first of all, Madame Morris literally translates to dead children. Jeez. Right? I know you love that. It's like it's like bad fiction writing. Like it is. You know, I mean, like it Lord makes of, like Lord, doesn't it? Well, like Lord of the Rings, like they called it, it Mount Doom, and it's like it's right. so uncreative. It's called dead children. Like so, Mata Morris is a very bustling and crime-ridden border town. There is a cop on every single street. So let's just assume there wasn't a cop on that block when that happened. You think one of them heard those gunshots? But if you watch them load the bodies up, they're taking their time. They know nobody's going to stop them and they know nobody's going to interfere. Excuse me. And they know nobody's going to interfere. And that's because the cartels and the cops are all in on it. So then what we saw was Ambassador Ken Salazar jump onto a plane, fly out to Mexico City because he knows exactly what I just told you. You guys know who did this. And if they're alive, you better give them back because we got we got congressmen and senators who want to declare war on you now. So mm -hmm. give them back. And AMLO went to his cartel buddies and said, OK, we got to make this right. How do we do this? We'll just write them an apology note. They'll get over it. Those Americans are stupid. By the way, if you read any of the Mexican press today, they are calling us stupid. They're calling us stupid. They've totally vilified these people they attacked. They said two of them had um, criminal rap sheets, um, but they've totally turned them into the criminals, which is Mexico's thing to do. So Mexico, anytime an American comes out who's been attacked, they're going to come in and say what the Mex or what the American did was wrong and they deserved it. And that's how Mexico is painting this right now. So what is going to happen? Is, so is it all empty bluster when they're saying they're going to put legislation forward for a U.S. invasion of Mexico? Is this all just bluster? Well, nobody's thinking. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about the logistics. You've got more than 3 million Americans in Mexico right now. There's already chatter on the social media of the cartels that um, – if they want to get El Chapo back or if the if the Americans get froggy, all they have to do is kidnap a hotel. Yeah. All they have to do is kidnap a busload of Americans. These guys are like ISIS. So it used to be the cartels were kind of like the mafia, like the old Italian mafia. They roll into town and they were benefactors, which is why you see so many people in the streets take up for the cartels. Right. They like when COVID hit. The car, it wasn't the government of Mexico making sure the people were fed. The cartels were going sure. into these towns and feeding people, right? And then they caught El Chapo. When they caught El Chapo, you had the new generation cartel up in um, Cancun pop up. When that one popped up, it was different. They're very Machiavellian. They fear, think it's better to be feared than loved. As a matter of fact, and this is probably writing on the wall, about three months before we got hit, I was in Tulum. And the cartel guys had just blown through collecting money from the merchants and the merchants who didn't pay them, they decapitated and they stacked their heads on the street corner. Very ISIS-like, right? Very, very ISIS-like. It has brought, and, and the other thing is they're grabbing the kids younger and younger coming across the border and they drug these kids up and they arm them and they put them on the street. And these kids are willing to do anything. Right. And they don't care. Killing an American is killing an American. As a matter of fact, I got off a boat in Playa del Carmen. 13, could, kid could have been more than 12, 13 years old. And his eyes were all 
bloodshot and glassy. I'm not sure what he was on. And he comes up and he's all frantically trying to sell me drugs. And I tell him in Spanish, I said, little one, I said, the cartels will kill you for this. Cartels are muerta, they'll kill you for this. This child looks at me with his crazy eyes. He says, yo soy un cartel. I am the cartel. Hmm. And I was like, we're sunk. Yeah. They put him out on the street younger and dr younger. They drug him up. They tell him what to do. And these kids will do anything because they know if they don't do it, they'll get killed. Yeah. Right. And it's an untenable position. So we declare war and start going after these cartels. They will start beheading Americans. All right. Now, I still think you can get to the cartels. I think the first thing you have to do is economically stifle them. I think you have to close the border. I think you have to put out a notice, tell all Americans to get out. And the Americans that are following this should know what that means. All right. And tell them you got 60 days, get out, get out. All right. And then they need to put an ultimatum to these cartels and to the Mexican government. And if the Mexican government doesn't um, do something about it, which they won't, like I said, they answer to the cartels. Our elected officials are negotiating with the wrong people. Um, if they don't, then you'd have to go in kind of like we did with Soleimani over in the Middle East, and you have to surgically eradicate these guys. Now, the nice thing about the cartels, these little cockroaches that follow them don't have a brain amongst them. They are some of the stupidest, most vilest human beings you've ever met. They work with this pack mentality and they only get brave when they're in a pack. You'd never see one of these guys step up to a guy like you or a guy like my husband, right? They couldn't take you on. They have to come after you in a pack and they have to be armed to the teeth and they're going to get you with a sucker punch. They're not going to let you know they're coming. They're going to sucker punch you in the side of their head, right? So you have to take out the heads because those are the smart guys. And then when you take out a few heads, and if a, somebody decides to take their place, you take them out too. And you just keep taking out the head. You know, we'd be doing a huge favor for the locals too. It is not safe. I feel so bad for my Mexican friends that, that still live there. You know, and that's something else I want to talk about as long as you got me on a roll no, keep here. keep going. No, keep going. So, you know, what... <sighs> I didn't know what to believe when Trump said that they're not sending over their best and brightest until I lived down there for half a decade. So in the little village that I lived in, they do, they cook on rocks out in front of their house and the men sing in the street at night. The kids play in the street. They're not all plugged in and their joys are huge and their sorrows are great. And everybody parties together and we cook together. And we always find something to eat for somebody and everybody fishes and they would never leave that life. Sure come to the United States. What is coming across the border, and all you have to do is look at it, is what attacked my house. And if you look at what's in the United States right now, we have cartels in the United States. As a matter of fact, during El Chapo's trial, they asked him which politicians in the United States had been bribed. And right as he started to speak, they cleared the courtroom and they turned off the microphones. They wouldn't let anybody listen to that. Because he, they have, we have politicians, I am confident to say, that are in the cartel's hands, which is why you have not seen them close the border 
We have 100,000 Americans dying from fentanyl overdoses. Isn't it by like every three months or something? I'm not an expert on that. I don't keep track of that. But I know that we have an ungodly amount of our children dying from these fentanyl overdoses. And China supplies the fentanyl to the, the cartels and the cartels push it across the border. And all these thugs coming across the border, if you think that they're coming across because they want to be Americans, because they believe in the American dream, because they're here to assimilate, they are not. They have one allegiance and one allegiance only, and that is back to the cartel that got them across the border. And if that cartel tells them to kill one of us, they will kill one of us. And it is only a matter of time before we see the cartels taking on U.S. law enforcement in our streets. But when the cartels fight, they don't break out Uzis and AK-47s. They get out 50 millimeter guns. They are fighting with U.S. grade military weapons. And that brings me back to Ovidio Guzman. So Ovidio Guzman, this last time that he got arrested where 29 people were killed, that's the second time he was arrested. I'm going to tell you another story that's going to blow you away. 2019, I'm down in Mexico and they go to get Ovidio Guzman and they start live streaming it on Facebook. The entire country was watching, right? People were glued. They had to see the country. So they go in to get Ovidio Guzman and Sicarios start coming from all over. And you can see the cops getting nervous and everybody's got guns. And, and they tell Ovidio, you call your guys off, you call your guys off. And one of Ovidio's captains is on the phone and Ovidio tells him in Spanish, he says, listen, call everybody back. It's going to be cool. The lawyers will get me out. And you hear this kid on the other, on the other side of the phone say, F that. And you knew war was about to break out. And we all saw it. So as a matter of fact, when he said that, you should have seen the look around the table. Oh, my God. They get Ovidio Guzman down the driveway. They are surrounded by Sicarios and pickup trucks with 50 millimeter guns on the back. And a Sicario gets out and he tells the captain of the police, you turn Ovidio Guzman loose. Captain says, we can't do that. He says, then we're going to kill all of you every last one of you. And when we're done killing all of you, we're going to your homes. We're going to kill your wives. We're going to kill your children. We're going to kill your dogs. And when we're done with that, we're going to go kill your families. Then we're going to kill your neighbors. Turn the kid loose. And they turned them loose. Now, if they're willing to do that to their own military, mm -hmm. you think they have any more respect for Americans or American police? So, I mean, it's kind of the tales all this time. The only the only language they speak is is violence well it's because this is what happens in this is what happens in a country where the only ones who have weapons are the bad guys now it's kind of funny because i've been talking to my mexican friends down there i say what's the solution because they don't want americans coming in and they said they need to arm the people and they said we'll have a few bloody years but we'll get rid of the cartels ourselves so it's kind of interesting that the people there are looking for a solution. We're looking for a solution. But in the meantime, we've got to quit spending our money down there. So if you're thinking about going for spring break, just don't, right? If you want to know great places in the United States to go, I've been everywhere. I can tell you some great beach spots to go um, where you're not going to get kidnapped. If you do have to go, go with a group. One of your most dangerous times is going to be when you get off that airplane because you're going to jump in a cab thinking it's going to take you somewhere. You don't know who's connected and who's not. Hmm. They will drive you right to the arms of the cartel. So that's, by the way, what happened to Dustin. So Dustin got into a cab. They drove him straight to the cartel and they proceeded to chop him up. Right now, if they find out your family has money, they'll just keep you. 
So there's another story on the website. One American, they caught, they kept him for seven months. They kept him in a coffin and they tortured him for seven months because they could take videos of the torture, send it to his family, and his family kept sending money. Now, you didn't see Ken Salazar get on a plane for that. Ken Salazar won't take a phone call from me. You didn't see Ken Salazar step in for Dustin. I could go on with one American after another American. The only reason the United States got involved, the only reason I believe this administration got involved was because that video got out. So if you go down to Mexico, you have to have a kidnapping plan and you have to have a brawling plan. You better be ready to brawl, right? Um, so I just don't know if it's worth it. I yeah, mean, no, not at all. Fuck that. to be held hostage on your in your resort, even the resorts aren't safe. If you want to see some great shootings at the resorts in Cancun over the last couple of years, I put those up too. I have a new one that's going up. Two of my friends down there and they're getting ready to leave. We're over on the Cancun side at a resort. Said it was, you know, we trusted this place. We've been here for, we come, we've come here for 15 years. It went into the bathroom. Four men followed him in, locked the doors behind him, pulled guns on him, tried to kidnap him. And before they could get him out of the bathroom, the manager came running over with the key and a bunch of the employees and they saved these two, right? And they're leaving, right? But those are the stories that never make it out. And the thing is, you don't want to become one of those stories because I got to tell you, the worst part about a Mexican kidnapping, if you survive, is what you're going to go through up here afterwards because it's torture. You know, they'll play in those flashbacks, watching them kill the animals over and over and over in my head, knowing how we'd been scammed, right? Everything about this thing was so unholy and so demonic and so black, right? I can't even describe it. And, you know, I think about this and I think what's so hard for me to process this is because I can't even imagine doing something like this to somebody. I tell this story to you right now. I feel like I'm telling you, hey, Tommy, I saw a spaceship and all these green men came out. And it was awesome. You should have been there, right? I mean, it sounds so crazy, but I'm not the exception. This happens a lot. So don't go. Cut off the money. Start demanding from our elected officials. I don't want to see him in a Twitter war with a former ambassador. You're, 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 you're blowing smoke, right? Close the border, close the border, stop the drugs and quit sending our people there. And then start telling Americans get out. And once you get the Americans out, Katie bar the door, go after them. You have ISIS on the back on, uh, we have ISIS at the back door, just the Mexican version. Yeah. Yeah. And well, We'll surgically remove them in the Middle East, and then someone replaces them, and we remove them too, and we'll do that for decades. And everyone kind of understands it's an endless war. It's more so of a, a maintenance, but then we won't do it in our own backyard. Like if we're gonna be at, if we're gonna do an endless war, that there's really no winning. You just kind of maintain the lead. Then it might as well be the one in our back door. Well, the thing is this: you have to understand that. This endless war that they put on overseas has just been a moneymaker for well, a lot. Yeah, well, that's the that's the right? that's, that's the. Well, if you've got the cartels paying off U.S. officials, they're they're never going to go to war. Yeah. And this is the war you want to have. This is at our back door, right? This is at our back door. Yeah, I feel like everybody could win. The military-industrial complex could get their they could get their uh, they could get their cash flow on. I mean, it's the oldest cartel of all time, right? We've been doing it 
Spudley Butler talked about it in like 1902. War is a racket. I get it. I'm not naive to that. Just do it. Do it in Mexico. Like if we're gonna do the endless war, if we're gonna build all the machinery and give the DOD 800 billion a year, clearly that's not gonna stop. Every time a president tries to stop it, they get their head blown off. All right, whatever. Just do it in Mexico then. Like well, I think they have economic. I think they have economic incentives for getting this right. So if AMLO, and by the way, AMLO today is just God. I wish you could have heard his his press conference earlier today. He is. He is just. He's he's the Joe Biden. He's the Mexican Joe Biden. I mean, the guy just things come out of his mouth and it is just one lie after another. He's trying to do away with voter ID. The people are losing their minds, mm. right? Because he they know this is a power grab. Mm. Um, but there's they have an economic incentive. We are the largest trading partner for them. They make a lot of money off the United States. That's why I'm saying stop the money first. If that's not enough pain, right? If that's not enough pain for them to knock this off, then start taking out their cartels. The, the combination of the financial pain, because they are on our back door, it's not like you're flying halfway around the world to go fight this battle, right? They are right there. The other thing you have to do is you have to kick out every single illegal immigrant in this country. Do you know what you have to do if you want to live in Mexico? Hmm. Ask me what I had to do. What did you have to do? I'll play your silly game. Let me tell you what I had to do. <laughs> so the first thing I had to do is I had to give them my financials. I'd shown that I could live for five years and never be a drain on the Mexican government. Then I had to sign something saying I would never take a job from a Mexican local. I would never take a job in Mexico. They don't want us taking their jobs. Then I had to sign something saying that I would never participate in a political protest. And then I had to go through a health check to make sure I was healthy. Yeah, I think we should have the same rules for people coming coming into the United States. But you've got so many bad actors in the country right now that are just waiting for um, one of these cartels to call the shot that you can't play Russian roulette with it. You have to get rid of all of the illegal immigrants. You have to close the border and you have to stop the money. Do those three things. We might not have to go to war. But if that doesn't work, you have to take these guys out. They are that deadly. They are that power hungry. And I just as my own, I guess, disclaimer, I'm also aware that I never served in the military and, you know, to all my military friends who are watching this, I don't want to be that guy who's like, why don't you just send in the military? And they're like, it's not that easy. Like, I, I get that as well, that um, I'm looking at it through the eyes of a 32-year-old with a biology degree who does a podcast. Like, I'm, I'm very aware that I don't, that I'm not, I guess, seasoned in geopolitics and global military expeditions. But, I mean, at a certain point, it is a failed state. Like Canada, Canada sucks, but it's like above us and they don't really, they're not a threat, whatever. I'm just kidding. I mean, I have friends in Canada, but I mean, Mexico is a genuinely, genuine failed state with warring cartels who have, I mean, their own armored vehicles and air support, like right below us. It's not. Well, let me walk you through it then, Tony. Okay. So if Mexico was sending drones across the border Which they that were are. killing our children. Oh, oh, okay, like Reaper drones. Okay. If they were sending drones, right, would that be an act of war? Absolutely. They're killing our children by the hundreds of thousands. Is that not an act of war? No, it is, but it's the... They're killing us on both sides of the border. They're killing us on this side, and if we cross the border, right, 
They'll take our money and they'll kill us, right? When do we say, as we like to say in Mexico, basta, no mas, basta. It's over, right? Somebody, the reason why they are so out of control right now is because nobody has ever told them no. Nobody has ever pushed back. And their own government certainly isn't gonna do it. AMLO answers to the cartels. Anybody thinks the cartels answer to AMLO, you've got it wrong. And everybody in Mexico knows it. Oh, I mean, full disclosure, despite the fact that I don't have any military experience, uh, I don't I don't give a shit. I think we should I think we should pummel them. I think that the only that's the only thing people answer to. Excuse my French, but I think it's the only thing anyone around the world answers to for since the dawn of time is the iron fist of violence. No one's going to answer to, you know, mean tweets or. Or you know campaign slogans. If you want them to stop, you, you got to put a bomb through their center. You got to shoot them in the head. Like I'm all for that. I I don't I don't I don't hold any punches. I just my disclaimer was is that I'm I'm aware that I don't have any experience with that, and it's easy for me to sound like a tough guy having you know never actually gone into combat or something. But I'm with you. I tell everybody to leave, and then just carpet bomb them if they do anything. I I personally don't care. I per. I, <laughs> Take them out. Well, I don't I give a shit. Mexico. Mexico's a wonderful. Sure. I mean, there are parts of Mexico. There's parts of Mexico. I just, I fell in love with the country. You're oh, talking to you, sure. Mexico's biggest cheerleader. Sure. Right. Oh, it's I beautiful. Mean, I had immersed myself into the culture. I had immersed myself into the history. Right. My favorite days were spent tripping around 2000 year old ancient cities. Right. So you're talking to somebody who's done a complete 180. So I want you to ask your friends in the military, does my 22 hours of brawling with the cartel qualify as service? I, I think yours would. I well, haven't, which is why I have to. Knowing what I've seen, you got to take them out. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree with you. I agree with there you. There was a level of inhumanity and a level of sheer evil that I haven't seen since the days of ISIS beheading folks over in the Middle East. You remember watching those videos and just being so shocked at how inhuman they were? I have seen those videos, and I remember we would watch them in college like normal kids. We'd be like super shit-faced after the bar, and we'd watch ISIS videos. And, I, and I'm not even making a joke. The cartel videos were always worse. People oh, are like, we'd watch ISIS, and then as soon as someone pulled out Mexican cartel, they'd be like, I don't want to watch those because they were worse. Like, you kind of got used to the ISIS ones. It was like, yeah, they're going to put you in an orange jump coat and behead you. Like, all right. Like, I saw the first 10. The cartel well, then, ones were always worse. When you go to my site, when you see, there's some that I put disclaimers on. You know, this is pretty graphic. Don't open those. Okay. I think I put, I think just, let me just check. I think I put your site in the description um, for anybody listening right now. Let me just make sure. But, yeah, no, I mean, I'm all, I'm all for it. I mean, I think they should send down, again, Let's see. Did I put it in there? No, I, I did not put it here. I'll, I'll put it in there after this. Um, I mean, again, I know we kind of tried this in the Middle East and it didn't necessarily work. But, I mean, I feel like there's got to be something to just going down and sending Delta Force or DevGrew down and just popping the leaders. And then as the leaders get filled, you pop them. I mean, if it's if it's true that the vast majority of, the, of these organizations are just mindless followers who don't have any tactical mind or wisdom of their own, it would make sense, or again, as the person who's never served in the military, I understand him being a, you know armchair general, but I feel like that would make sense, right? Just, just reach over and just 
whoever's number one, just shoot him in the face. And, you know, after the 10th time that happens, you know, does the next guy really want to ascend the throne or does he just say, screw this? Well, and you'd hope that would work. Well, that's why I'm advocating first for cutting him off at the knees economically. Mexico's got some serious problems right now. Um, the economy has hit them hard. They are broke. They are unemployed. Inflation is going through the roof. So if we literally cut the faucet off, you could bring them to their knees quick. If they did decide to fight, here's the problem with fighting the cartels, something else you should consider. Do you realize that the cartels now control 40% of the land mass of Mexico? Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a mess. And we've armed them. And we've armed them. They're fighting us with our own weapons. We've armed them. So, yeah, I do think that you have to stranglehold them financially. And then if you can't bring them to their knees, you start killing them. And I can't believe I'm actually saying that because you're talking to somebody who's been a pacifist most of my life. Right? I'm Like I said, what was so hard for me was I couldn't even imagine doing that to somebody. I couldn't even imagine. You know, just look at Madam Morris. Can you imagine if four Mexicans crossed over into Texans, Texas and were surrounded by four Texans who shot them up, kidnapped them? You would see every law enforcement agency in the country scouring the streets. Oh, yeah. You didn't see that in Mexico. That's how you know that the government was in on that. Yeah. Well, it's good. They're completely. It's not even that they're a failed state, it's a captured state. A failed state, I guess. No, it's a corrupt state. It is just, it's a dirty, filthy, corrupt state. And the sad thing is, there's. The things about Mexico that are wonderful are amazing. Merida, which is the oldest city in all of the Americas, there have been people continuously living in Merida, which is the ancient Mayan city of Tho, for over 2,000 years. There are streets in Merida you walk down and you think you are stepping into Europe 500 years ago. There are haciendas that are still furnished with the furniture from 500 years ago, right? There are cenote pools that you jump into and it feels like you are swimming in Evian water. It is so clean. There are birds where the colors bring tears to your eyes. The water in places, there's a part of the ocean where the Caribbean meets with the Gulf green. And on one side, it's that aqua blue. And on the other side, it's emerald green. And there's a line straight in between. And you're you're in God's country. There are things in Mexico worth saving but the vile ugly nasty vicious corrupt disgusting despicable underbelly that will kill maim rape and torture at will for sport ruins the whole thing none of it is worth it it's like if i made you this beautiful birthday cake and it's the best tasting cake in the world but then I let my dog come in and take a big dump on it. Are you eating any of it? <laughs> no, I'm not eating any of it yeah. because the whole thing is polluted. AMLO is corrupt. Every politician that I've run into out there is corrupt. The failed um, governor of the Yucatan, Mauricio Villa, is as corrupt as they come. Saiden Ojeda, who runs the Yucatan SSP. Let's talk about this a little bit. Let's, let's go how deep this goes. So in Mexico... When they get crooked cops, they don't fire them. They just move them to another state. So there's this boy by the name of Saiden Ojeda. 
And Saiden was working over in Cancun. And what Saiden was doing as a cop was he was running protection for the cartels during their executions. So when they wanted to kidnap Americans or execute somebody, he would do what they did at my house and put cops around and block everybody and let these cartels go in and do what they needed to do. They killed a boy, a little boy, and they had to move side in. So they moved side in to the um, to the Yucatan. Sidon brought all of the cartels or brought his cartels with him. They opened up their drug trade. They started their shakedowns. They started their kidnappings. Things that we didn't see in the Yucatan when I first got there became mainstay. All right. Um, I can tell you about Saiden. There's a lot to tell you about Saiden Ojeda because he is as corrupt as they come. But he works. Oh, I know what I was going to tell you. So the new video going up um, and I'll have it up today. Um, the cartels in Cancun, you talk about balls the size of Texas, the cartels in Cancun put up a video to the police in the Yucatan, specifically to Comandante Saiden Ojeda, basically tell them, stay out of our drug business. We're killing you. We're killing your men. We're killing your guys. They got a guy who works in one of the bureaucracies in Yucatan. They call him the top flower. And that's the top flower. Top flower. And that is... Um, I love their mafia names. That's and that's Saiden's uh, right-hand guy. So they sent a video to the top flower and the head of the Yucatan State Police saying, stay out of our drug business. We're killing all of you. Who does that? Can you imagine bad guys here sending videos like that to the FBI? If you think you're going to break up our bank robbery, come near us and we'll kill you. They bulldoze right? you. Crazy, huh? They, they so this is the mentality homage. that you're trying to negotiate with, Right. How do you negotiate with this kind of well you again it comes back insanity. to you don't you can't you don't negotiate with it you 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 militarize the border that's what you do is you cut it off like the cancer it is and if it comes near it you treat it with chemotherapy and that is you bleach it and burn it from the face of the fucking earth it's the only way you can deal with this shit so now my question to you is this you're 32 yes ma'am how do you figure this out? And our elected officials can't get this. Well, I think most people do know. And it's very, it's a sad conclusion to come to because we all want to be better people. We all want to say the world's got to be better than that. But then there is just the reality of things. And it's the minute you start to examine it and you realize it's very easy to have these nice lofty ideas when your bills are paid and you have food and you have water and your internet works. But the reality is, is just below our border, there are people who will remove your head and videotape it and send it back to your family. That's not, you've lost your human card. You've lost, you've lost the, the you've lost the right to be negotiated with. That's when do you run is. for office? Me? <laughs> Never. I think you should run for office though. Yeah, don't get me started. I'm half tempted to. I don't know why you wouldn't. Why not? You have the story. See, but again, there's the thing is because if I say this, just I'm, I'm a guy who's just screaming about something I haven't dealt with. You actually have dealt with it. So it doesn't matter if I have an opinion that you agree with. Is There's no experience behind it. You actually have experience and you could actually run on something of substance. Do you want to know why I'm not running? Because they'll target you? Well, no, because when I'm not doing interviews, I say the F word too much. Who cares? Do it's like love him or hate him. Donald Trump. No, they've been Trump, me. Donald, no, Donald Trump, love Trump or hate Trump, he completely dissolved the entire I could never run for office because of 
No, it's that's it's, true. He has he, shattered he, he, all he, prerequisites. There doesn't matter anymore. You can do anything. It doesn't matter. He he has brought you, it down to the layman. Who do you like in the next presidential? I'd like Trump, but uh, I don't know if he'll get it. How do you like? The, well, I think he's gonna get it, and I like DeSantis. And, and this is the only reason. Don't get me wrong. I think Trump was necessary. I think Trump came in and ripped the top off, and we got to see all the cockroaches, right? Sure. But I think DeSantis brings a level of a little more polished. Well, and there's just a real level-headed. That's what I it's mean. Just a deadliness to him, like uh, uh, you know, because Trump he got in, he should have cleaned house when he was in. I mean, look what they did. It's insane. I never thought that I would live to see anything like this going on in our country. And I never thought I would live to see our border bleeding the way it bleeds. Yeah, I mean, that... you're 100% right. They did lose their human card. And what everybody has to understand is they won't stop. They will keep they're already they're already making incursions into the United States. There's already cartel murders in the United States. Give it some time. If you let this cancer grow, it will take over the entire body. You know, somebody brought up an interesting argument. They said we should just turn our, our gangs loose on the cartels, right? Well, you can't. MS-13 has come in and effectively castrated the U.S. gang, right? Gangs, when I grew up, Crips, the Bloods, they're not what they used to be. It's this MS-13. It's all these guys from Mexico and Honduras that are running the streets now. But that's also such a, uh, not what you said, the idea of release your gangs on them. That's such like a bitch card. Just nut up and use the $800 billion military you have. Release the gangs on them. That's like saying my older brother is going to beat up my bully. No, stop being a pussy and do it yourself. Well, there's a lot of, uh, there's there's a, there's actually a strategy to that. So if you, are you watching what's going on in Russia right now? What, Russia, Ukraine? Just the general yeah. clusterfuck of that? Well, so you know what Putin's been putting up on the front line? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, inmates. Inmates. So he's putting all the thugs on the front line. They're the cannon fodder. And he did that to wear out the Ukrainian army. So if you've watched what's happened in the last month, now he's bringing in the real boys. Now you're actually starting to see some destruction, hmm. right? And Ukraine's worn down. Because a lot of that money never made it to the front line. We're, we're laundering money over there course, really quick. Of course, right? it, of course it didn't. Yeah. So so now they are underfunded, underarmed, and Russia's finally getting up to bat because Russia's just been burning off their gang members as cannon fodder. It's pretty dark, but yeah. I think that, and I don't, I, I shouldn't say anything, but I, because I don't know. I just think that sometime within the next three months, we're either going to see Ukraine fall or we're going to see World War III start. Yeah, I would I'd venture to say that. Yeah. I don't like it, but yeah. I think it'll be the former. I think we'll keep it. I think we'll keep the shroud going so long as we can uh, charade, so long as we can keep laundering money. But I think once it comes to a point of any real threat to any actual assets like NATO or the United States... No, we'll just abandon it. Look what we just did to Kabul. Look what we did to Saigon. We'll, we'll, if it actually gets bad, and we've run the propaganda machine to its to the nth degree, we'll just leave. Like we've 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 done that before, and we will do it again. Like we'll just leave. So that's what I think it will be. 
I think we're going to keep saying Slava Ukraine, defend democracy, and then one day we're going to come out and say, listen, the world's a chessboard and there are certain measurements you have to make. Fuck it. You, well, but the thing is this, we had no business being in half those squirmishes. None of them. Around the world, we have no vital U.S. interests. What we got going on across the border is a vital U.S. interest. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Is it's? I mean, I guess a year and a month ago, most of America couldn't point out Ukraine on a map, and within thirty days, they had the majority of the people marching with a Ukraine flag in their their social media profile. So the brainwashing apparatus is very efficient. Just turn that apparatus onto we gotta defend, we gotta we gotta destroy Mexico. These people will stop thinking. They'll put an American flag in their their social media profile and say like Slava America. They don't. They, it does. They don't care. And I think as long as the military and I, I know this sounds dark, but I'm just trying to be a realist. As long as the military can keep getting their paycheck, I didn't. Th- I don't think they care if it's Ukraine or Mexico. They just want to keep bombing shit. So that's true. I agree with that. It's dark, that, but it's well. You know that brings me to something else too. I'm just you know I woke up this morning. <clears> and I'm sick of we have such divisive politics nobody preaches peace and prosperity and you know things work so much better and people are getting along and making money and having fun and the music's good right but all they preach and comes at us 24 7 is just death destruction and anger and they've got people pitted against each other i've never hated anybody over a political belief have you no And I actually find people with different belief systems interesting because you can always learn something. I always see fascinating. Right. And it doesn't mean I always have to agree. And I understand that going into something. I don't always have to agree, but I like hearing the different viewpoints. They've literally shut that off, you know, and people just, they're not nice to each other anymore. And that's sad. I think the reason we, I think the reason we won't see any action taken in Mexico in the near future is you have to look at it from the kind of the cold, calculating Machiavellian politics of it. They want some. They want some cartel incursions because when there's an outside threat, daddy government can come in and we can we can help you. And then you're more willing to bend over, give up your civil liberties, get up, give up rights. So that's what they're gonna do. Is they're gonna wait to we could wipe them out. We could wipe out the cartels in 24 hours. You could send in Delta Force and SEAL teams, and Rangers and drones and. You, you could, yeah, you could. You could, you could napalm them to Stone Age by tomorrow morning. The reason we won't is because they're calculating. We just need a couple. We just need a couple kids decapitated in Dallas, and you'll rally the whole country. Well, that's it's what, coming. Well, and that's they're waiting. We're for either going to see the cartels take on U.S. law enforcement on our streets, or you're going to see them kidnap an awful lot of Americans. And I, think, and I think we want that. I think the politicians want that. It's dark, but I think they want they it. They have no idea. You know, that's why I want them to get involved now. You know, they have no idea the damage that it does to so many people when these cartels, I mean, they just got to be stopped. There is nothing good or healthy that comes from these people. You know, they're just, it's evil incarnate. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry, every once in a while, you, you you just can't negotiate with that kind of evil. You just have to take it out. Yeah. And I mean, and when I say that, I say that from like some of the, spe- that's kind of a line I've, I've gotten from some of the special forces guys I've interviewed. Is they'll be like, there is a point where it's like, you're not, 
Like I'll talk to him and like one of my buddies was in Delta Force. And he'll be like, sometimes you have this feeling of like, well, why are we over here? These are just people that speak a different language and look differently than me, but they're still human beings and this is their country. And of course they don't want to be invaded. And he's like, and then you go into a compound and you find a six year old girl chained to like a, like a metal pole who's been raped 30 times that day. And she's covered in other men's feces. And you go, Oh no, sometimes you just got to kill people. And like, we're going to learn that one way or another. We're going to say Mexico is lovely and beautiful, but just like they can flip a switch and have everyone cheering on, just like you can have people who are against never-ending wars all of a sudden cheer on a tenth of a trillion dollars of aid to Ukraine, it's going to take one attack in the United States, and they're going to say we have to stop Mexico, and everyone will be on board. And the people in yep. charge aren't stupid. They want that. They, they, they want more power. And the only way you do that is when you have a threat. And they're going to do it. And then they're, then we're going to have this rational talk about, well, we got to prevent it. And no one's going to talk about, well, should we have been having this conversation 50 years ago? We're not going to address it. They're just going to go in and take out Mexico. Well, I agree. We're trepidatiously close to violence of Mexico, but it's not too late. No. You know, like you have discussed, close the border, get Americans out of there, shut off the money. You stop the cash flow, you cripple these people. I mean, they are, they're not that they haven't already made a lot of money, but they are teetering on the edge right now. But that's the other thing they should do is they should start locking up all their bank accounts, freeze the money of these cartels, right? And, and bankrupt them. Well, again, it's that doesn't work. Then you have to go after them. But something's got to give. Again, all this could be done in, in a second. Like we could do all this shit in a second, but we won't. And it's because there are interests. There's blackmailing. There's something in the intelligence community is benefiting from it. Like all this could happen tomorrow. Like when you wonder why we don't just roll up every pedophile and human trafficker in the nation, you're like, how do we not do this? How can we? like see an ant on the ass cheek of bin Laden from space. And you're like, but we can't go at, well, the reality is we can get these people. We don't want to, because there's a lot of benefit to having a boogeyman. Do you think that I firm, well, I'm not gonna tell you what I think I'll ask you first. Do you think that we have elected officials that have been paid off by the cartels? Absolutely. I do too. Absolutely. And that's why I think we don't get anything done. Well, and then once you have them paid off by the cartels, then all you have is the NSA or the CIA eavesdropping on the politicians, and they come up to you and say, you're paid off by the cartels, that's treasonous. How about you do what we say now? You're now blackmailed by us. If you don't do what we say, the cartels are going to kill you, or we're going to have you hung for treason. Now you're double blackmailed. I think our own intelligence agency probably likes when our politicians are blackmailed, because then you come to them and go, hey, you're, you're, we're going to go to Guantanamo, or you're going to pass through our new defense bill. So what do you think is the bigger problem? Our corrupted officials or what's going on down in Mexico? The whole thing is just ultimately I've, I kind of have a very cold and dark view after 1100 episodes of this show. And my conclusion is this. I think it's a zero sum world. I'd rather be on top. And it's a very, it's Ooh. not a, I know it's not a, it doesn't make me happy. I have trouble, you know, praying or meditating like, is that, have I just become black billed? But I think the reality is, is this. If we have our own cartel, which is the intelligence communities, and they have their own cartels, which are the Mexican drug cartels, but this one at least provides for a place where 
you do have safe neighborhoods and I'm not getting decapitated because I ele- vote for someone differently than my neighbor, I'd say this is the lesser of the two evils. It's dark, but it's the most realistic, non-flowery-eyed, I guess, view I can take. I mean, I, I can spew all the idyllic bullshit of we're all humans and should hold hands, but, I mean, which is the country you'd rather live in? And then you look at this country and go, well, America has its evils. Would I rather us and our evils or another country in worse evils? I'm going to, would you rather have two cu- toes cut off or one cut off? You well, don't honey, want, you don't want any, but I'd rather have one. Tommy, our country could devolve into that in New York sure. second. Sure. Us from being Mexico is the fact that we have the second amendment. Yeah. We are armed to the teeth. Yeah. Right. That's the only thing separating us from that right now. Yeah. This government isn't working for us. This not. government is letting us get attacked from across the border. This government has declared war on us themselves, right? They're not doing what they pay, they're paid to do. None of them. You know, and like I said, getting on Twitter and arguing with, you know, has-been Mexican officials isn't doing anything. I mean, no. they're stroking their own egos, but you're not making a, a whit a bit of difference. And if any of them were reading anything that's coming out of Mexico right now, they would know how they're laughing at us. Everybody in Mexico knows the cartels didn't turn over anybody. They're laughing at us that we would believe something so stupid. Right? I, it just blows my mind. I think what you're going to have is it's going to get so bad that there's going to be dramatic, radical change. Or it's going to get so bad that you're going to have some sort of military and or intelligence community coup in the United States. And it won't be good because they'll still just be people going after power, but they'll read the room and say, there are cartels coming across the border, you know, inflation's out of control, we're selling off our own strategic oil reserve, these politicians are selling you out, we're the new people in charge. And most Americans will probably go, hey, just put an end to the, the violence at the border, put an end to this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, whatever you want. They'll take the you know, they'll take the they'll take the new management so long it's like what they'll it's like what they say about like Iraq, like Saddam's a dictator, but dictators keep shit under wraps. There's a logic to it, and I'm not saying it's good. No coup is good, but I and but I just the more and more I look at it, I think that's what's gonna happen. You're gonna have someone come out and go, This this government's screwing you over we're doing a military coup and we're taking over and things are going to be so bad. Uh, you know, a gallon of milk will be $50. Gas will be a hundred dollars a gallon. It'll be a literal war zone from California to Texas along the border. You tell me then that you're really going to say no to the military coup that comes in and says, I'll put an end to this tomorrow. It's history is full of this, a failing country. And then it's last gasp is a strong leader. And I'm not for any of this. I'm just, I'm giving it a sober examination from my own, though shallow, understanding of history. This is what happens. Well, if history repeats itself, you're spot on. But I'm hoping that we can be a much smarter civilization. Oh, me too. History. I think that if we, and this is really what I think needs to be done here in the United States, because, you know, you look at both sides of the border and we've got, our politicians are corrupt as well. We have to replace every single elected official. I mean, I'm talking from the school boards to the city councils, to our governors, our congressmen, our senators, every single elected official 
needs to be removed and somebody else needs to be put in. And then we need to dismantle this government. We need to get rid of every bureaucracy that's unnecessary. And, you know, when Demi went into Japan after the Second World War and rebuilt, he put Japan to a very simple means test. He said, what's it supposed to do and is it doing it? And if it wasn't, he either replaced it, he repaired it, or he got rid of it. And it's time to do that with the U.S. government. What's it supposed to do and is it doing it? And if it's not, get rid of it, dismantle it, or replace it. And if we took a very holistic and American approach, we took the money out of politics and we had people like Thomas Paine who were willing to lay down their plow and give up four years of their life because they loved the idea of this republic so much and they wanted it to succeed, this country could be saved. But as long as these politicians who've never created a job or made any money in the real world and all they have to do is get elected at you know, elected to a, a senatorship or a, a a congress position, and all of a sudden it's like Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. They got themselves the golden ticket, and they're set for lives. This is ridiculous. Thomas Paine, by the way, died in abject poverty. Died in abject poverty. Lost everything to give those years to this country so this republic could succeed. Yeah, I don't see that in any of our politicians. Well, then you have to ask, is the voting system corrupted? And I think a lot of people have lost faith in that the elections are free and fair, which means that the situation will get worse until people will support the thing that just produces results, which I imagine would be a a strong-armed coup. And it's... I'm not, like, for this. I'm not... I'm not for this. I'm just kind of examining it as soberly as I can and it's just like it's like I'm on the fifth floor of an apartment building if this place caught on fire and I made it down two floors and eventually I realized you know the stairwells collapsed eventually the building's going to collapse I got to jump out of the third floor window I'm not happy about it but I would like aim for the tree and be like I'm probably going to break a leg if it hits anything on my face I'll probably go blind but I'll probably survive it doesn't mean I'm happy about it, and it doesn't mean I don't wish I had a, a trampoline to jump on. But just looking at it very soberly and realizing the building's burning around me, I'd go, it sucks, but we're going to jump and we're going to aim for the tree. We're going to survive. It's just probably going to be bad for a bit. Leave a mark. <laughs> for a couple months, we're probably going to be in the hospital, but we're probably going to make it. And if someone's next to me going, that's so dark, I'm looking at them and going, I don't want this to happen. I'm just giving you my most realistic prognosis. This is the best way out. That's what I think it's going to be. It's not if the election system isn't totally corrupted and there is a wave of people that vote, it can be saved. And so it can be saved. It absolutely can. You have to make ballots. It absolutely, oh, it absolutely can be. I mean, I, I'm, I'm faithful. I, I do pray. And I think that, you know, the hand of God will, will act. But, you know, if it, if it isn't, it's going to come down to, you know what Mao said, the power flows from the barrel of a gun. It's not good. It's not good when I'm quoting a communist, but like, you know. Unfortunately, that's the truth. There's no easy, there's no easy solutions now, but I think that you have to give everybody a way out. Sure. And if you give them a way out and they don't take it, then. But 
Going back to the card, you know, well, real quick, talking about the whole voting, what AMLO's trying to pass in Mexico right now. So in Mexico, they have the INE, it's the in electoral or, in or integrity for the national elect electoral, okay? Um, and everybody in Mexico, if they want to vote, they can't use their state issued IDs. They can't use their driver's license or their passports. They have to get a voting ID from the INE. So what AMLO is trying to do right now is get rid of the INE. He doesn't want anybody to have to have ID because he doesn't plan on giving up power. That's, yeah. So that's two million kinda... people took to the streets of Mexico City over this. Yeah. They are, they get it. You know, that's the, that's the piece that you have to look at Mexico and realize it's worth fighting for because there's some really good people that think like you and I do down there and they are trapped here where we have guns. You know, if the, cop, if the cops ever tried to to rob me in my own house again here in the United States, I'd shoot somebody. Sure. Right. Um, you don't have that benefit in Mexico. Yeah. So they live in fear. You yeah. know, no, I I understand. That. I understand. I'm making broad brushes when i say you know just bomb them i get it the vast majority of them the, the overwhelming majority are just unlucky poor people who got dealt a shit hand and they're in a failed state like i i get that i'm not i'm not blind to that it's well all, all americans need to realize that that if you are born in the united states of america you are already in the top five percent of the world's wealth i don't want to hear a word yeah i don't want to hear a word I have seen things around this world that most Americans couldn't even fathom. Right? They can't even fathom how people live like this, you know, down through the islands and watching them live in these huts with no roofs, their entire net worth around their neck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I have seen I have seen some some people take on some real difficulties. You know, Americans are soft, they have no idea. But this is the greatest country in the entire world. We are lucky to be Americans. Absolutely. I just, I don't want anything I'm saying to come true. Again, like I don't, I don't want to jump into the tree. Like I don't want to. I hope something else works. But I hope all of a sudden, you know, it's a, the stairwell clears up and I can go, oh, shit, I can run downstairs. Like I hope that. I genuinely pray for that. I don't from know. your lips to God's ears, my friend. From your lips to God's ears. Now, I don't want any of it to happen either. But you know, after everything that's going on, it's heating up more and more down in Mexico, and Americans are more and more tar are targeted down there. Something, something's got to give. Yeah. Something's got to give. And if our government won't protect us, we've got to protect ourselves. Quit going. Quit going. Yeah. You should be telling all these kids, don't go down for spring break. It's not worth dying over femicide. Is at an all-time high in Mexico right now. They murder 10 women a day. And when I say murder, they rape and torture them. It is femicide, right? That are dying from femicide every single day. Why would you send your daughters to this place? You know? Why would you take your wife to this place? I don't know. Um, but... I didn't even realize I've kept you for an hour and 37 minutes and I said I was going to keep you for an hour, which means it's a good episode if I, if I lose track of time, but okay, I'm glad you lost track of time. I, I said, I've had fun with you too. I want you to stay in touch with me. I want you to yes, keep me 
What's going on with you? Yes, ma'am. I'll, 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 I'll email you my, my number after this. I'm not going to say it on, on here, but I'll email you my number and you can, you can text me and we'll stay in touch. And I'd love to have you on again sometime. Well, when, when you see those cartels on U.S. streets, you're going to want to call me right back. You were right. <laughs> oh, no, I know you're right. I have no doubt in my mind you're right. It's it's just shitty. It's, just it's shitty. really shitty. And I, people are really bad and people are really corrupt. And I don't want you to be a cynic. Let me leave you with this note. Yes, ma'am. People like you and I still have these conversations and we connect, right? And they're genuine and they're real. And, and there's a lot of us out there. We are the silent minority. I, it's all the bad. It's all the bad stuff that gets the front page. It's all the bad stuff that gets all the news. Right? There's a lot of good out there. Yeah. A lot of good. And our job. It's like having cookies out there. All you gotta do is go find one every day. Yeah. But I don't want you to get turned so black to this this planet yeah. because they're part of the reason why I've traveled so much is because I'm so in love with the adventure. Mm -hmm. My sisters tell me that my biggest problem. Is that there's too much life and I don't have enough time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, whether it's dropping off the back of the boat, a bunch of whale sharks or hiking pyramids or skateboarding down the street. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Don't lose sight of it. And for everyone listening, before we started recording, I asked how you were doing and you said all things considered borderline phenomenal. And I think that was that's such an incredible line. It's that was absolutely fantastic, and it's something I need to remember because I can't get. I do have a tendency to get a, a little too sucked into the darkness, and I need to extric extricate myself from it and see the sunshine and touch the grass and remember that this is a beautiful experience. Like I'm, yeah, I'm but alive. if you ever need to, if you ever need a little good mojo, you just come and visit. I'll make dinner and we'll drink a bottle of wine and and it will solve all the world's problems. Yes, ma'am. Well, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop streaming and stop recording, and I'll, I'll just give you my number right now. And then, uh, yeah. So everybody, thanks for watching. Let me, uh, let me recording stop. Recording. All right, and hold on, gotta stop streaming. Send me a link to the 